Now let's join Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media as we explore the inspirational worlds of music, media, and more.
known as the Water Goddess. This week on Red Velvet Media, we are diving deep into the world of water to celebrate UN World Water Day on March 22nd. It's all about the big blue and the water in you. So tune in to Red Velvet Media with Holly Steffi. Well, that was a great entrance. I love that first song. Welcome to Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. This is Holly Steffi. And um, today is a really special show on World Water Day and the Samburu Project, which we're going to be getting um, into detail about so we can let everyone know how you can get involved. If you're in the chat room, thank you for being there. And if you would like to, no, this show will be available afterwards on iTunes and also on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio immediately afterwards as a download. Um, I want to say to everyone that Sandy is a joy to have on the show and I'm also expecting Kristen, and I think Kristen is in the chat already in the studio. So I'm going to bring everyone in, and we are going to talk today a little bit about everything. Hey, Sandy, welcome to the show. Hi, Holly. Thanks for having me on today, and thanks for I'm, sharing this powerful message of water with the world. Yeah, actually, I want to say, if anyone wants to call in also, yes, um, 347-677-1036. I'm so happy you're here. I think Kristen might be in the chat room, too. Should I unmute her real quick? Let me get her in here. Um, and then we can talk about World Water Day and everything. 424, you're on the air. Is that you, Kristen? That's me. Hi, Kristen. Hi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Holly. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. I I wouldn't want it any other way. Let me tell you, this is a, a very powerful show because it's about what I love most in my life is the water. And, um, and also your Samburu project is quite very intense and very cool. Um, how you're drilling over 60 wells and bringing clean water to over... 60,000 people since 2005, so we want to talk about that, too. Um, Sandy, why don't you um, first break it into telling everyone a little bit about what World Water Day is, because I know what it is, but um, most of our listeners, maybe they don't, and also about your walk for water, how anyone can help uh, um, support that. Okay, thanks, Holly. Well, the United Nations proclaimed the years 2005 to 2015 as the International Decade for Action, Water for Life. And, you know, right now we're close to 8 billion people on the planet, and almost 3 billion of them are without access to clean water and proper sanitation. And so um, a child dies every minute somewhere in the world because of lack of of clean water and proper sanitation. So this is a huge issue. Um, Water is life. It's um, crucial for sustainable development. It's it's crucial to, to the existence of everything on our planet. So the UN recognized this as a call to action and created World Water Day on March 22nd, and that's when we come together. Um, there are congresses and conferences around the world uh, looking at these water issues and the water problems and how we can solve them and together, you know, come together on these issues. So it's a really, really important day, and um, I think we, because we are made of water, 
Our bodies are 75% water. When we're born, we're 90% water. Our planet is 75% water, that we really take water for granted. So I think it's an important you know, time of year, the spring, to really recognize um, the sacredness and that reverence for, for water on our planet and in our own personal bodies of water. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I remember my first World Water Day that I did a celebration on on the beach. So World Water Day has always been very close and near and dear to my heart. And um, meeting you and then seeing all the great work you're doing with your company and also with yourself personally with the things that you do and also the Samburu Project, I'm super excited to have you here, Kristen, to talk about that because um, that's that's something that we need to do. Um, Definitely. And so, Sandy, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you being a Emoto, um, Dr. Emoto Ahado a trainer and how you go around and um, help people um, with the water and all the different events and things you've been involved in. Because if anyone's looking at the player, all the images that are streaming across are images um, from events that Sandy and Lex have both been involved in, and also some images from uh, with of Kristen's Samburu project as well. Um, tell us a little bit about the Hado training and about the water crystals and about Dr. Emoto and um, how that comes into play with today, very much okay. so with the meditations. Oh, absolutely. Well, first of all, I wouldn't be here today talking about water if it was not for the work of Dr. Emoto, um, his inspiration. As you know, in 2004, Lex and I encountered a series of synchronistic events that led us to Dr. Emoto's work and then a very powerful cosmic download of a dream about our H2O water with intention that came through Lex. And we've been holding that vision for that water with intention on the planet and it is it has become a teacher in our life not only Dr. Emoto but all the people it has led us to and all the experiences and we're really looking at how as water as a master teacher in our lives as how to you know approach an obstacle obstacles in your life water just moves around it and it smooths everything in its path and it's very powerful and it doesn't resist anything and it, there's just so many lessons that water can teach us. But uh, we met Dr. Masaru Emoto in 2004, and um, he, uh, he's, or 2006 actually, his book came out in 2004, and 2006, and we have been working with him and then became certified under him as um, certified HADO teachers. And HADO is the Japanese word for vibration or wave. Um, it's the subtle energy in all life. And so HADO instructors, um, we were trained for a week at a school. My particular school was in Tucson, Arizona. There's actually a new HADO school happening in Tokyo in May. And uh, we had many different teachers, a Buddhist um, priest. We had um, Vernon Masayezva, a Hopi elder, and, of course, Dr. Emoto and a school of scientists that came with him to share about subtle energy and about our relationship with water, our connection to water, how water reflects and um, holds our intentions, thoughts, prayers, music. It is, it is greatly affected by our energy. 
And so we are all affecting each other every day. So that's why we are very um, we are very uh, conscious of our thoughts and our and the energy that we put out in the world and our words and our actions. And so uh, he really realized through his research this connection between water and the human experience. And so he documented that um, by photographing water at a frozen point under the microscope. And then as the water melted, it revealed these water crystals. And when he presented positive influences, positive music, positive prayers, positive words, um, beautiful photographs, he got the most beautiful, cohesive water crystals. When he presented negative words, I want to kill you, I hate you, um, he, it would not even form a crystal. There was no coherence. It was uh, as chaos, chaotic, a chaotic image. So that's where the basis of his work is from. But he's really a water emissary. I know you had Patricia Corey on your show on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. he calls himself a water emissary, a voice for water, and a voice um, for the power of kindness to each other on the planet and, that, and the spreading of love and gratitude because he feels like H2O, um, uh, one part love and two parts gratitude because he feels gratitude is such a powerful, powerful vibration to be thankful uh, on the planet um, will create a cohesive, peaceful, uh, harmonious world. And this is a message he wants to get to children. So as these HADO instructors, we go into schools and we talk with kids about water and um, about their energy and how we all affect water and how we actually, our energy and our thoughts have an effect on our environment. So um, that's what we do as HADO instructors. And I think I sent you a couple videos. There, uh, if you go to HADO Kids on YouTube, yep. uh, our Love Planet Foundation has created a few videos for kids to kind of share mm-hmm. Dr. Emoto's work from his Messages in Water book for children. And it teaches them how to do a prayer to the water and send their good intentions into the water and then just a song about water. Um, just that we're all water, we're all made of water. I have to tell you, I watched those videos, and I'm such a child at heart that I just was like, I was really loving it because they were they're puppets, and then I love the water meditation one with the uh, puppet that's at the um, actual um, temple there at the end. The, the second one you sent me, that was really great. I I really loved those videos. I thought they were very um informative in the same way as um bring you know bringing people in and really giving them some education in a fun way um you spoke briefly about the water crystals that um Dr. Moto created i know that he, um you sent me some actual stickers of words that actually show the crystals that were formed. I know that he did one to the song Imagine, and I know he's done one to the words Love, Peace, Energy. Um, I've seen some of them, and they're quite magnificent. Um, I, 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 I just get so, so mesmerized when I see these water crystals being formed. Um, and you can go onto the net, and you can go to... Um, what is what is it again for his site for the children? Well, uh, well, for for the children's videos, you just go to YouTube and put in Hado mm-hmm. Kids, H A D O mm-hmm. Kids. Okay. And then also, 
everything you wanted to know about Dr. Emoto is available on his app, and you would go to www.myhado.com. Um, there's a locator for all of his water prayers and ceremonies around the world. There's a, a water crystal library. There's um, information on Dr. Emoto and his story, information on his books. It's such a wonderful um, way to learn about him and his message and his research. And we're it's actually an sharing that with the kids in the Los okay. Angeles um uh, uh, it's called LA's Best. It's the uh, LA After School Enrichment Program, and this year they've chosen water as their theme, and they're doing uh, they're teaching. They're doing their eight weeks of education is called Wondrous Waters, and one, one part of their um, studies is dedicated to Dr. Emoto's research. So that to me is very exciting because children are the future. Um, they are so open and still connected and he feels that this is such an important you know these this is an important uh, group of people to get to are the children of the planet because they are the ones that are going to create the greatest change for us oh yeah absolutely what is the name of the app again myhado.com myhado yeah uh-huh. myhado.com and you can download it from iTunes uh, the oh, myhado very cool. app yeah, it's an oh, app for your cool. phone or your iPad. Yeah. Mhm. That's that's a really cool and thing. and the I proceeds benefit his Emoto mm-hmm. Peace Project, which mm-hmm. is to bring um, 60 million children on the planet this information for free. So it helps us with our work um, in getting his children's book printed, or you know, into going into places and help creating education around um, water and our reverence for water and for being kind to each other, spreading his message of love, gratitude, and peace. Oh wow, how awesome. I'm looking at the app right now. It's very beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was designed by um Lindsay. I know you know Lindsay who works yeah. with Dr. Emoto. Yeah, Lindsay mm-hmm. Kemp and her company and uh she's just doing such great work. She she runs the Emoto um organization here in the United States. So she books his tours and um you can also contact her on that myhado.com website. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. Well, you know, I know you're walking for water, too, as well. So why don't we talk a little bit about that and how people can get involved in that and help support you in that. Absolutely. Well, I believe I met Kristen at an event in 2005. It was when Mm -hmm. we first started, very, you know, first beginnings of H2OM. Um, or 2007, um, and uh, we were one of the sponsors for her one of her first walks, and we've been doing the walk for five years. And I am so inspired by this woman, Kristen Kaczynski. And when I met her and I heard her story, um, I was just just blown away by the work that she's doing as this one person who's creating so much change and bringing so much good to the world one person and you know there's a lot of charities out there and I and we know because we have a nonprofit the Love Planet Foundation and we know the work that goes into it but also the money gets lost you know 60% goes to this and that and you really don't see a lot of um a lot of the the money going directly to the cause and i know that kristen is just doing this her and her crew um are just 
just every dollar goes to the work. And they've already built 63 wells since 2005. And I know she's got a lot more to share with you about the project. But I really hope to go there one day because I'm just so excited and inspired by her story and um, how she's brought this clean water and how it's changed their lives so dramatically and the power of water to do that in a place where they have no access. So I'd you know, love to hear her share that part of the story. Oh, yeah. But, yes, we're Walking I'm... for Water on March 30th. Um, yeah. It's our 50th year. And um, you can uh, – we're raising money. There's a website at razu.com, um, mm-hmm. and we have a link there. It's on our Twitter page. It's on our H2OM page. And, um, we, you know, we just want you to donate, even if you don't, you know, donate for, for Lex and I and Angel, our dogs, walking again this year. Just donate. Just donate for the walk because it's so exciting that all these people come together and then, you know, a well comes out of it So or several. So, so that's exciting. awesome. That's yeah. such a great cause. Such a great cause. And Kristen, I can't wait to talk to you more about that. I I want to know. Um, so you see so you and Sandy met on a walk for water. That's just very interesting. Well, Sandy, you guys this is Kristen. I? Sandy and I actually met at the Metropolitan Water District. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we met, Sandy. That's right. I, we were yeah. both there for an event they were having, and that's when we first met. Okay. Um, Thanks for remembering so, that. Yeah, and that was back in 2005 when I first started the Sambaru Project. Okay, so, so that's when um, it was, yeah. Yes, I remember. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's, I thought that's it really was awesome. 2005, and we're both from Pittsburgh, which is pretty exciting, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And Kristen would come out when we do the the Women for Water and Peace events, just calling women together, um, all different aspects of their work with water. And we would do uh, we did a couple live talks for for a water film festival and a water event in Pasadena. So, mm-hmm. oh really? That's really interesting. I I remember um, you walking for water and getting involved in the UN Water things. Um, for years now, um, I know that you've gotten your animals involved as well. So that's really, really cool that you're doing that, Sandy. I I know that you really are all about water and um, really want to bring about an awareness to people. And Kristen, I can't wait to talk to you about the Samburu Project um, and how we can help and and educate people on that. Um, uh, Sandy, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about the um, other ceremonies that are going on, and then I would like to talk to Kristen and then kind of like sort of mix it up with both of you um, and have you both talk about your water experiences and stuff. Um, Sandy, what about all the different things you've been doing recently for the schools and all the different um events you've been attending and also you are the official water um of the Chopra Center. So I want to say that that's really really a major biggie there. So um and you know we have a water shortage um everywhere I think throughout California right now. So <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't think you can, you know, water is everything, and it's Mm -hmm. hard to cover 
the, all the aspects of what's going on with water in one show. But for World Water Day, there are, there are many events that are going on besides the UN water events, and you can go to the UN website, um, the and mm-hmm. the World Water Day um, UN site, which is unwater.org. And uh, you can learn all about the locations. This year they are doing an event in Tokyo. Also, the 13 grandmothers are asking, they put a call out to all women on the planet to come together on World Water Day to send their intention and to do some kind of, or to connect with them in ceremony to send healing and love and intention and prayers to our waters, our mother waters. Um, and so that's a very beautiful event. Anybody, you can do that from wherever you are, <laughs> sitting at your desk, or, you know, just take a moment and, and connect with those women, those powerful women, and send your intentions to the water. Um, and, and you can always Google World Water Day events in your location, because I think that's the most important thing that we all, you know, really get behind our community uh, and support local events and really connect with the people, you know, in our backyard, you know, and what mm-hmm. what what they're doing. Um, let's see. There's a great movie that there's a couple great films I recommend if you want to learn about water in the Southwest in California and what's going on with our drought. There's a movie called um, Running Dry, and Jane Seymour has narrated it. And I met her in 2011 at the United Nations um, World Water Forum in New York. And it's a very, very powerful film and a real look at where our water comes from, the power and electricity that it takes to bring water into the Southwest, meaning Southern California, Southern California, Nevada, Arizona. And then Mm -hmm. also there's another movie that Robert Redford has narrated and his son produced called Watershed. And that's another very, very powerful um, movie. To oh, see. yeah, that's a great movie. That's yeah. Great. But if that's... you haven't seen Running Dry, it's a small film, it's a beautiful film, and it's a very informative film. And it's a, it's a real wake-up call that we live in the desert. And the way that we um, use utilize water, we're very wasteful on a small scale, on a personal level, on a government level, on a state level, we're very wasteful of our water in farming, all of it. We're not using it um, appropriately. So um, it's really, really important film called Running Dry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember when you were telling me about that movie, mm-hmm. um, and it was playing near nearby here. Um, I also want to say World Water Day um, is observed on March 22nd since 1993 when the United Nations um, declared the 22nd of March as World Water Day for the UN and members. They devote that whole day to trying to promote different activities in different in different countries for that. And um, I think that Kristen, um, you also uh, are very much involved in World Water Day besides your Samburu project. Why don't we segue into that um, and talk a little bit about the Samburu Project and how you're helping to bring clean water to people. Thank you. Oh, you're um, welcome. Yeah, you know, I want to mention, too, Sandy uh, mentioned the UN event in Tokyo, and we actually have a photo that's going to be on exhibit there. Oh, oh awesome. pretty exciting. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's really our, exciting. Yeah. yeah. By our our friend, our good friend, Rudy Dundas, who spent some time with me in Kenya in 2011. And um, one of her photos from our Face of Water photography exhibit is going to be there. So we're happy about that. So we're participating sort of with photo. Um, so the Samburu Project started in 2005. I... Um, I had always had a dream of working with African women since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure where the dream com- came from. As I, I grew up in Pittsburgh and in a, you know, a fairly conservative family and, uh, in the 70s, and you know, we weren't doing a whole lot of thinking about people outside of our, um, our community boundaries. Um, but I always had this yearning uh, to connect with Africa and specifically with African women. And um, lots of different things happened to me in my life and sort of sidetracked me from um, pursuing that dream and that vision. But in 2005, um, I was working at Paramount Pictures as a television executive, and I made the decision to take a journey to Kenya to pursue this vision that I had had. And um, I had a really, you know, I, I had a challenging time trying to find people that would connect me or groups that would connect me with indigenous women. And so what I decided to do was just to hire a car and driver and um, go and see what happened. And so in June of 2005, I, um, I flew to Nairobi and I had a driver pick me up at the airport and I was like, take me to where the indigenous people live. And he looked at me like I was nuts because in Kenya there are 42 tribes. <laughs> so I think he was like, okay, where to go? Hmm. And he's like, let's go to Samburu. And I was like, that sounds good. <laughs> and he wow. took me up north, um, some, where we, where our sort of area focuses um, in Samburu, Kenya, is about 435 kilometers north of Nairobi. So it took us a couple of days to get up there. The roads aren't great. And um, three days into my visit, I was sitting in a village in a hut uh, with about 35 women. And I was... You know, my I, my I had a, my agenda was limited. I just wanted to connect with women, and so I just wanted to hear what they had to say. I, I knew that I was being driven there for some reason. I just didn't know what the reason was. And on that day, the women started telling me about their lives, and every every single part of the conversation wound back around to water, and the fact that people and these women specifically, you know, in these communities in Samburu you know, lack access to clean water. And this um, puts them in a position where women spend their entire day every day in search of water. You know, they walk up to 12 miles back and forth. And if they're lucky enough to get water, it's most likely contaminated because they take water from big hand-dug wells that are also shared by, you know, wild animals like elephants and their livestock. Um, And then they carry these very heavy jerry cans of water back, you know, home, which causes all kinds of back issues and whatnot. But, you know, women have the opportunity to do really nothing else because they spend their whole day looking for water every single day. And their daughters and the young girls in the community are expected to share that journey with them. And they also, you know, don't go to school because they're searching for water. And it just became very clear to me in a a conversation over a few hours that, you know, this issue of water was so pervasive in this community. It just was dumbfounding to me. And I had just come out of, 
you know, working in a job in the entertainment business where it was like, you know, we had everything and then a whole lot more. And I just, uh, when it was staring me in the face, I just could not believe this injustice and that people actually lived this way. And I didn't really know about it. At the time, I, I didn't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't understand the issue. And so that day led me to many, many days, and I traveled through San Bruno, going from village to village, and I met hundreds and hundreds of women. And that story that I heard on the first day never changed. It was the same story. And after I heard that story a bunch of times, I was like, how can I not, you know, if I have been driven, if I've had this dream, this vision to go to Africa, and this is the information that I've been given, how can I not do something about it? How can I not do something in some small way to sort of write this injustice that I, I, I saw. And um, I came back to Los Angeles in September of 2005, three months later, and incorporated the Samburu Project as a nonprofit organization with the goal of providing clean drinking water to the Samburu people. Um, and so that was sort of how it all began. And, um, you know, since that time, there's been there's lots of stories in between, but we I successfully was able to launch the project. We did our first well drill in 2006, exactly a year later. We drilled four wells. A well brings water to about 1,000 people. Um, and since that time in 2006, we first drilled the wells. And at that time is when I really, really learned what that process was. I mean, there's, there's so many different ways to approach um, water resource projects. And... Um, you know, I really had to figure out during that year from the time that I'd gone to Kenya initially and then when I had gone back, I had to figure out, like, how does one drill a well in, in Kenya? And, and, and I had to learn a lot about community development and how do we approach community and work with community to have projects that are successful and really finding the right partners on the ground to work with so that, you know, we're really meeting the communities where they were. And... Um, so since that time in 2006, when we drilled our first four wells, we've drilled a total of 63 wells, and a, and a well brings water to approximately 1,000 people. So we've touched the lives of over 60,000 people in the communities that we work. Um, so that's sort of those those are the broad strokes. You come from a very amazing background. I mean, coming from the entertainment industry and then wanting to do this. What was it that was the catalyst for you that made you decide that this is what you wanted to do besides the dreams of um, working with people from Africa? You know, I think that you know, even after sitting in Samburu on that one day and mm-hmm. you know talking to the women and learning about the water issue, as I said before, I just thought it was such a great injustice. I just I couldn't believe that people had to live that way. And mm-hmm. so really for me, it was totally passion-driven. It was, I mean, my dream was not to, like, do a water project. <laughs> that wasn't the dream really, but it was like I was driven to this. And when I found out about it, I felt like how, you know, how could I not do something about it? Um, it just it felt like it wasn't even a choice. It felt like this information was delivered to me, and it was my responsibility to try to do something about it. And that's what oh, I've sure. done. I mean, it's, yeah, I, I, can, you know, I can see that. Um, you know, if I'd been real you... logical about it, I probably would have uh-huh. come home and forgotten about it and gotten mm-hmm. back into the entertainment business. But in my heart, I just felt like I had to do something. I, I had to do something. That's amazing that you had that um, experience, and then you put it into 
into action, actual action where you've you've been able to do it. So that's that's just unbelievable that you were able to do this. What um, stories? Because I know me personally, I've done some um, work with um, Food for Africa, so I know a little bit about some of the water and and, and um, Pure was part of uh, the people that tried to help sponsor some of the well digging. How are you um, doing the, how are you digging the wells? Who are the people that are going with you and doing this? So we actually don't dig wells. We drill them, which is a really okay. different um, process. Uh, yeah. And namely, it's much more expensive. Oh, yeah. So, and the reason that we drill wells is that uh, digging wells, you can only get so deep and it's not a, it's not a sustainable model in the community that we work in and, and based on the hydrogeology. So we actually, I mean, a, sort of our base, everything that we do begins with community development. We, I have a team on the ground um, that, you know, they're, they're native Samburus and they, you know, work with their community on these projects. Um, that's sort of where it all begins. And then, um, in terms of the nuts and bolts, we hire hydrogeologists. Um, we've worked with the same hydrogeologist for, you know, eight years. Um, and he's the guy that actually, like, goes in and actually is able to locate where the water um, levels are best suited for drilling and where, you know, wells are possible. So that's really, you know, after the community development, we do that piece, but we work with the community hand-in-hand the whole way through. The communities need to understand that process because they need to have buy-in. Once we have a determination about where the water can be, the communities have to buy into that because often it's not exactly where they would locate it. And so they have to understand, you know, why a well is where it is um, in order to buy into the project. And then once we have that, then, you know, there's another, the process is we have to, we get permits. And then lastly, our drilling contractor will actually, who uh, is based in Nairobi, they go up to Samburu um, with their drilling rigs and their drilling team and they actually start the drilling process. So, um, and the whole way along, our team, you know, is working with the community. The community is being engaged, um, and you know, we're overseeing the process to make sure things are being done the way that they need to be done and that in the best way for the community. Wow, that's amazing. Um, what is your website again, um, so we can give it out it's, to our listeners? Sure, it's www. the Samburu, and that's S-A-M-B-U-R-U project.org. That's fantastic. Um, I think I think uh, that this is great, Sandy. I'm so glad you, that you brought her on. I, I had been following a lot of the different things that the Samburu Project over the years have been doing on Facebook, and I think that um, you're, you're also on Facebook, just so everybody knows. And um, so is uh, we're, Sandy. We're Sam Brewer Project on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's awesome. I I I was looking at a lot of the different things that you've been doing. Um, I want to say that that I think it's really important that we know that there's hope, because a lot of times the point <coughs> is is that bless you. The the point is is that a lot of people don't realize that there that the hope is there, and a lot of people don't lose hope because they don't know what's really going on. They're so cut off from the world. And I know that um, 
we're not that's not only the one society that's cut off from the world i know there are many other people that are having that same situation where they really don't know what's going on and they're relying on information from other people so are they they must be super happy to see you when you arrive um do they know how, how do you organize um to go and drill um some the, the wells how do you do well, that first of all some brewer people are happy if you, when you arrive and you're having nothing to offer. <laughs> mm-hmm. ah. I mean, even in my early days going to Sambru, I mean, when they can spot a car, you know, off in the distance, they get excited. Yep. And by the time you arrive at their village, the women are at the gates singing and dancing, greeting you. Aww. Because they view they view a guest, you know, a visitor coming as a sign of good luck and a blessing. Mm-hmm. So they're happy if, like, you you know, you have nothing to offer. So um, just for starters, so you can only imagine what happens when the drilling rig shows up. Um, you know, been there for a number of well drills. Um, generally, our, my Lucas Sequale, who is our project manager in Samburu on the ground, he's run the project since 2007. Um, his mother mm-hmm. ran the project previously prior to her death. Um, he oversees the process because, you know, what I find is that when you're working with, you know, a a community that is not your own, I can be a huge distraction to the process. Um, not that I think there's value sometimes when I'm there as well, but I feel like when we're undergoing big, you know, work like well drilling that, um, to have Lucas really head that is really the, the best way to, go about the process because then there's real trust, there's an understanding, um, there's not a big distraction of someone that's coming from the outside um, that looks a lot different than, you know, December people do. Um, so generally, Lucas will run all of it. And, um, you know, it's sort of like a, it's an orchestra, that, you know, how it all goes. But um, so when we do well drilling, we do all of our drilling at one time. So we do a well drill once a year. And essentially, we'll determine at a given point that you know how much see how much funding we have and how many wells we're able to drill, and then we'll start this process. And that and it's a process that starts even long before that because Lucas is constantly, um, you know, working with and communicating with his larger community. So people come to him, and community leaders come to him and say, "Hey, you know, we really love to see a well here," and. Um, the communities fill out applications, and so and then they get they go through you know a sort of a vetting process um, to see which areas need the water most, and you know what kind of population would a well in a certain area um, um, provide. You know how, what, how large is the population, and you know how far would a well in this community be from other wells that we already have, and um, you know what what clan lives in that area, and which clan of, of San, there's nine clans in Samburu, um, which clan will be serviced you know, from this well to make sure there's equity with the various clans. There's a lot of that that goes on um, to start. And then when we realize how much money we have and we realize how many wells we can drill, then Lucas and our community-based um, organization, the board of the community-based organization, you know, comes together and meets and says, this is where we want to, this is, this is what we're going to aim for. These are the communities that we're looking at. And then Lucas will go out with the hydrogeologist and do that, you know, the site selection. And then once all of that is done and, you know, we get the permits and the drilling team comes up, the process from hydrogeology through the completion of wells 
takes between five and six months. Well, it's kind of a long, drawn-out process. And then mm-hmm. you do two years of follow-up education, correct, to make sure that the the well's maintained and the sanitation is kept clean. I mean, there's like well, we two... do beyond two years. Okay. Um, I mean, we do immediately. Communities are educated. We do a hygiene and sanitation and maintenance workshops as the you know, wells are being drilled, um, and commu- and then we do hygiene and sanitation workshops. Afterwards, off-site. So that's great. Um, so you're with the community. Yeah, oh, absolutely. How, and then how we really the, do... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to ask you, how was it, how easy is it for you to communicate with the people in Samburu? Um, you do have, obviously, um, somebody that speaks the language, or um, do you speak it yourself? I don't. I mean, I can say greetings and things like that, um, mm-hmm. but not. no, I do not speak the language. Um, really through translation. I mean, whether it's Lucas or somebody else in the community. I mean, often we switch it up so that I'm not hearing Lucas translate things all the time, so I'm getting different perspectives. And so often there will be one person in the community that has been educated to some level and will speak English because schools in Kenya are um, in English because of the you know British colonization. So oh, if sure. someone's been educated, they will you know be able to speak English to some extent. Um, mm-hmm. So we we kind of always figure out the translation piece. Oh yeah, it's great, and I am I think this website is really cool. I think everyone should go there and check it out. I'm checking out the uh, maps of the wells right now. I'm blown mm-hmm. away. That's just so cool. Again, it's the samburuproject.org, and um, you have project maps of wells, and also you have um, a walk for water coming up again. On the is it the thirtieth um, March thirtieth eight to yeah. eleven, and mm-hmm. it's in Hermosa Beach. Oh how awesome! Um, it, it's a peer-to-peer walk, so it's Hermosa mm-hmm. Beach Pier to Manhattan Beach Pier in the back, and we start at American Junkie on Pier Avenue in Hermosa Beach. Uh-huh. That's where registration is, and you know, well, or or checking in. We mm-hmm. really, really encourage people to register ahead of time. Um, and if people register by tomorrow, they'll be guaranteed a T-shirt and save five dollars. So oh, anyone who wants great. to register, register now. And can I give you that website too? Absolutely, of it's, course. That please. website is uh, www.walkforwater, and that's walk f o r water twenty fourteen dot org. Walkforwater two thousand fourteen dot org, and you can go there and register. You can also register from the Samburu Project's website. But um, this is a more direct way to do it. Yeah, I'm looking at your website. It's really cool. I see where you can pledge your birthday. You can volunteer and intern. Um, you can uh, give water, give life, join the community, join, um, know what's going on. It's a really informative uh, website. I and really it's an like amaz- it. It's an amazing walk. Um, mm-hmm. it's, last year, was it Randolph Duke was there, the mm-hmm. designer? Was that last year? Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, um, you know, it's just a, a large group of people coming together um, for this cause, and it's really wonderful. It's a wonderful and way to spend your morning. So This year oh, I we will have... I love Hermosa Beach in Manhattan. I know that area oh, so very beautiful. well. Mm-hmm. This year it we're really going is. to have, actually, we'll have Radio Disney there. 
Oh, awesome. So, you know, we get, it's a really family-oriented event. We get tons mm-hmm. of families with young kids in strollers or older kids on their bikes or scooters. We get junior high school kids and high school kids from, you know, the local um, Miracosta High School. Um, they're very, very involved. The Model UN there is a very active Model UN, and we have a lot of support from them. So it's really like all ages, and it's like tons of fun. Metropolitan Water District sponsors us every year to do a kids' corner where we educate children about water and, you know, mm-hmm. how to conserve water in their own lives, you know, conserving locally while understanding this, you know, global issue. Um, and they then, have a and beautiful then, pancake breakfast. Yes, um, and the pancake yeah. breakfast at the end. And a silent auction, a great silent auction. So that's yeah. really. Yeah. It's a wonderful event. It's if a somebody event. wants to donate, because uh, I have a lot of people that are listening um, that have companies, if somebody wants to donate some things for a silent auction, how would they go about doing that? Um, they can email me mm-hmm. at uh, Kristen, okay. K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at mm-hmm. dot org. Oh, Awesome. Okay. That's yeah, we would we would love to have you know, we're we have a great a great raffle and auction and there's always you know, more stuff is always fantastic. It helps drive donations for the day. That's so that's mm-hmm. that's all good. I think I think that that's, that's fantastic and I know that um uh Sandy, if you could send me Kristen's information afterwards I can maybe get some people together to donate some things for the silent auction. Absolutely. Um, that uh, and encourage them to walk. We love you know, oh, the more the merrier. Yeah, absolutely. I have friends that are down there that have companies. Um, I want to say this month is really interesting because we had International Women's Day on the eighth, which is really cool. Um, and we're coming up with the first day of spring on the twentieth. Then we have World Water Day, and then um, on the thirtieth, you know, the day that you're doing uh, your walk. It's National Doctors' Day as well as summertime begins in Europe on the thirtieth. Oh wow! So, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's pretty cool. And uh, spring begins for us on the twentieth here. And um, again, we have St. Patrick's Day on the seventeenth. But um, yeah, on the thirtieth, it's National Doctors' Day and also summertime begins in Europe. So. Basically, that's kind of cool. That's like a rebirth kind of thing for me, mm-hmm. um, thinking with your healing um, with the water. And I know Sandy's done a lot of healing um, ceremonies with the with water. And I know at the end, if everybody stays tuned, again, this is Holly Stuffy with Red Velvet Media, Blog Talk Radio. And today I have Sandy and Kristen here. We're talking about World Water Day and the Samburu Project. And if you missed the beginning of the show and are in the chat room, I'm sorry, the chat room kind of crashed there for a few moments. But I want to say to everyone that's listening, thank you for being here. And if you'd like to call in, we're going to be on the air for a little bit longer. I I extended the show a little bit. Is that okay for you and Kristen, Sandy? I'm good, yeah, I'm good. Kristen, are you okay, too? I'm good, too. Hey, if I have a platform to talk about the Samburu Project, I'm happy. Yeah. (laughs) You can extend it for as long as you'd like, as long as people are listening. (laughs) You know what I thought we could do is take a little break here for a minute, and um, I'm going to play um, a piece of music that was sent to me through um, Kurt Bastor, who is a friend, and um, it's a beautiful piece that has an Africa background to it. So if everyone stays tuned for that, um, I'd like to play that for everyone. Is that okay with both of you? Awesome. 
Okay. All right. Here we go. All right. Thank you. 
That's such a beautiful piece of music, isn't it? Wow, it's I like just, a movie. I, I yeah. can see the gazelles running and the zebras as, a, yeah. as it was playing. It's very beautiful. Our current pastor is, um, he's an Emmy, I can't even talk today, an Emmy-winning um, composer. You know, he's composed, like, lots of different music for full-length or fil- full-length films, and he's got CD, television series, and shows and stuff like that, so... Um, I had worked on a project with him briefly um, that he was doing some music with where he's also done a lot of uh, work with Felicia Ferrer. So, um, yeah, that piece of music is really special. I, I really like that, and um, I wanted to share that with everyone today because I thought it was something that was shared with me, and um, I know that I wanted to share it with everyone else to listen to. Um, I don't believe that piece of music is out yet on CD, um, it will be shortly, but um, that that music is entitled um, Africa. So um, wow. it's uh, yeah, it's it's a really yeah, it 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 does. And there's a couple other pieces he's done where we've actually, I've actually heard some of the um, singing from the tribes and stuff that are over there. Mm-hmm. So it's actually beautiful. Um, Sandy, you know you were trying to get Vernon to call in from the Hopi Indians. I know you do a lot of work with the Hopi Indians as well, um, and they also are very much involved in the water project as well. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, it, first of all, I'll give out the website. It's um, www.blackmesatrust.org. And yep. I'm on the um, circle uh, of advisors for the Black Mesa Trust, and it was founded to keep the waters of the West um, clean and the sacred waters of the West. And their mission is to stop the coal mining on the Black Mesa and the Hopi and Navajo land and to bring in clean, um, passive, alternative energy. Uh, They're looking at solar and wind projects and um, the coal mining since 1975 has destroyed their water. Uh, there's arsenic in their water to the point where it's completely not drinkable. Really? Uh-huh. They've, um, you know, the bulldozers have destroyed sacred um, burial grounds and just uh, contaminated their their precious aquifer. So um, it's, a, it's a big project because the... Uh, um, Mojave Generating Station is um, brings uh, power to Southern California Edison, and mm-hmm. the Peabody Coal Mining Company was slurring their coal with um, the water that they bought for pennies from the Hopi and Navajo people because it was cheaper. And then oh, to bring then to bring water in, so they they dug down into their aquifer, and that's how the contamination happened. So um, they really want to shift that energy, and they want to to introduce solar and um, wind projects and replace that coal energy. And there's a lot of people in, in government that want them to frack, and there's, they call it natural gas, but it's the worst thing for the water. So we know that fracking, is it just um, destroys the water, even at a greater level, because the chemical that they use in fracking is so toxic, they won't even reveal 
the contents of it. So, um, you know, when people say or, you know, our president says we're going to move into natural gas, when they talk about fracking, you don't want to introduce fracking. It's the worst thing you could do for your groundwater. So, um, yeah, so Vernon, um, he founded the Black Mesa Trust. He's putting together teams of scientists and advisors uh, to really create um, a plan to introduce clean energy onto the Black Mesa. And also, since they they have closed, they have stopped the mining uh, Mm -hmm. the past two years to get environmental uh, credits. and so they've actually been paid to stop the coal mining, but which has put a lot of the Hopi um, out of work. So, you know, he really wants to bring prosperity back to uh, the nation there, and he also wants to do, you know, do the right thing for the earth and, and, and his people. So it's a, it's a very powerful project. And like I said, if you get a chance, check out the website, blackmesatrust.org. And please donate anything. A dollar will help them. If we can get your listeners to just, um, you know, also help donate towards their goals. Um, they're really, uh, you know, doing this all on their own and going up against big corporations. Um, so, um that's, that's, and Vernon's come into my life as a teacher about water. He was at my first Hotto school, and that's where we connected. And um, the Hopi uh, stories and myths about water are so powerful. And their connection, they call it the cloud people, um, mm-hmm. that, that we live on a finite planet. We have the same amount of water on this planet as when the dinosaurs lived here, yet we're 8 billion people as opposed to just, you know, no people at all, you know, and we're all vying for the same amount of drinkable water. So um, that's a really important thing to realize. Um, one of the women in one of our, our educational groups, um, she she took a gallon, you know those regular gallons you get of water at the store, those yeah. jugs? Well, she took uh-huh. out a dropper, and so if that gallon of water was the water on our planet Earth, that one drop of water is relative to how much of our water is drinkable and how much is for human, you know, and life consumption. So it's a, it's a really powerful way to go, wow, you know, we must do everything we can to preserve and protect our water supply, our groundwater our resources, you know, yeah. our oceans. Our oceans are not dumping grounds. They're not ground. They're not a place where we can test nuclear weapons and just, you know, dump our trash. Um, it's, you know, it's 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 the basis of our planet. We live on a blue water planet, and mm-hmm. um, I think, like I said, because we're made of so much water, I think we take that for granted. How important water is. Oh well, wow. that that is very that is very true. I think that we all kind of you know need to. It's becoming more important to everyone now because when we run out of water, I mean, what are we going to do? Um, and that's what um, the movie Flow. I'm not sure if you have seen that. Um, it talks about if you turn on the tap and the water's just not there. We have a question in the chat room. I'm sorry. Let me see because I I have to monitor everything today. Um, she's asking, what does Black Mesa have planned for the arrival of the nuclear rains for Fukushima? Oh, I have no, I have no idea. I don't, I, I don't think that I've, we've had any discussions about that. 
um, um, QQ or QO in the chat room. Could you tell me a little bit, <clears throat> if you could type into the chat room for me, a little bit about the nuclear rains from Fukushima that we're, um, that we're expecting so I know a little bit more so we can pass that on to everyone. Because that's uh, the first time I've heard of that. I know that after Fukushima happened, um, I know it was very strange here in California, and I know you and I, Sandy, were talking feverishly during that time, and Kristen, you should have just been involved. It was just so crazy. Um, I, I remember hearing from Sandy go out and get some um, the is it the, the iodine um, stuff, and then we realized that we needed to start um, uh, just doing it naturally through kelp and seaweed and stuff like that and spirulina. But what I found really odd was they placed Geiger counters all up and down the California and Oregon coast. And I remember it rained that weekend, and I remember putting a bottle outside, and it contained water and looking at how much there was plutonium in the the water. Um, I I was freaked out about that. That was just too strange for me and i know sandy you were at a at a at a health conference that weekend where you were with a bunch of scientists that weekend um you know the woman is um um calling in to talk about that i'm going to bring her on the air if that's okay with both okay, of you and i just wanted to say one thing about that uh-huh. um i'm really not informed at all on the uh, the after effects i know there's a lot of information on the internet could you turn the radio down, um, whoever's calling in on Skype? Just turn that down a tiny little bit, the feedback that's there. I'm sorry, Sandy, what were you saying? And then I want yeah, to ask Yeah, I was her. saying I don't, ha- I don't have, I'm not um, informed enough to speak on that subject, but I will share something that Dr. Emoto had shared with me at his last conference in Los Angeles on, mm-hmm. because I had asked him about the... Um, the radioactive effects of Fukushima on Tokyo and what his thoughts were on that. And he had, you know, his take is everything is energy, right? I mean, everything is energy. And how he treats people with a disease um, is is the same way that he feels he he uh, looks at the um, the radiation, um, the nuclear radiation from Fukushima, and the energy of radiation and nuclear uh, energy is 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 similar to destructive, similar to holding resentment and hatred. And so what he does is he looks at, you know, he just sees it as an energy and how do I approach that energy. And so he looks mm-hmm. at that energy in himself and, and that's how you heal that because our environment is a reflection of what's going on inside. So on an energetic level, on an ethereal level, on a subtle energy level, um, that's something we want to look at in ourselves. Oh, Sure. Um, my person that called in from Skype, what is your name? Welcome to the show. Hi, my name's Jose. Thank you. Hi, Jose. How are you? Welcome to the show. Where are you calling uh, from, Jose? Uh, currently, I'm in West Virginia, but I'm from the Colorado, New Mexico area. Mm-hmm. What, um, yeah, what do you know about those uh, Fukushima rains that were that you spoke about? Well... Now, we all know how bad the uh, nuclear 
reactor situation is down in mm-hmm. Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that they're taking their sweet time, deliberately not fixing it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we know that there's probably in the millions of gallons of water that are that have been pouring into the Pacific Ocean this entire time. Mm-hmm. Now you take in your air streams and all that kind of stuff. Water evaporates from from the ocean. Yep. It goes up into the air. Comes all over what we know as the continental U.S. It's probably going to hit Mexico and Canada partly, but it'll be hitting mostly the United States mm-hmm. um, as rain. And in some places, it's starting to show up. Now, according to one uh, thing that I was reading, it's supposed to hit California. The actual radioactive water that's in the Mm -hmm. ocean is supposed to arrive on the West Coast, California, Washington, Oregon, uh, British Columbia, and the Baja Baja area of Mm -hmm. Mexico Mm -hmm. sometime around May. Wow. Yeah. Did you guys hear about this at all, Sandy and uh, Kristen? Did you hear about it? No, I have not heard about it. This is really interesting. Yeah. This is interesting. Um, You know, that's why we're doing this World Water Day show, because we really want to bring about an awareness about water, and we want to also help people to bring um, meditation and um, some sort of spiritual awareness in the water um, community so that people can be somewhat aware of what's happening in healing. Um, Well, I think it's a really important point that Jose brought to the show today because Mm -hmm. we always imagine if something happens over there, it's not going to affect us over here. Or if people Mm -hmm. are without water in Africa, how does that affect me? But we are connected. We are energetically tied, and and water is the thread. Water is the thread in all of us, and it connects us to our planet. It connects us to each other, and there is an intelligence in the water that is relating to everything. I mean, it's in the air we breathe. Um, It's everywhere, and we're born in water, and I really feel that, you know, when we awaken to the fact that we are connected, when we awaken to that, when we really realize that, then, you know, we, we understand that something that happens across the Pacific or around the world does have an effect on us. And I think that radiation is actually showing us that. Because even though that event happened in Japan, and if, you know, it does travel, like you said, the ocean, you know, becomes the rain, and that's the cycle of hydrology, and, and it becomes... You know, um, it, it you know it, it waters the earth, and that gets into our food, and that mm-hmm. you know it's in our air. So um, well, I don't know. You. I can't really speak on the levels or what's happening. I think uh-huh. that is you know, and I'm not sure you know how much information we can really gain from the truth because I think a lot of it is being covered up, like any major environmental accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, I, like I said, I do know that what we can do is, um, I do believe we can 
heal the environment like the 13 indigenous grandmothers are asking us to do by sending our prayers and our, our intention. I mean, Dr. Emoto, one of his first projects was a very contaminated lake in Japan, and he took a group of Buddhist priests to this lake, and they sent their prayers into the water, and he he took samples of the water before and after, and he did find that the water was much cleaner and, and showed a beautiful water crystal after the fact where it would not even form a coherent crystal before. Um, there's also been studies in the Gulf after the oil spill where um, people are working with sound frequency to actually break up. I mean, it's really hard to remove oil, to separate the oil, right, from its, you know, its contamination in that area and all the sea life that's contaminated. But they've been using sound waves to actually move, you know, the contamination. Um, so I do believe if we stay open, there are ways that we can heal these major environmental issues on our planet. And when we raise our vibration, when we become more awakened, conscious beings, we're less likely to do harm. You know, we're more aware oh, of ourselves and we're more accountable for our on our personal level, which affects the global level. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Kristen's a perfect example. She was so in tune with her mission and listening to her divine guidance as to where she was to go, even though she had no idea why she was supposed to go there. But she was listening, and she was open to why am I here, and what are these people saying? And then she saw this in, this great injustice, and said, "I'm I can do something about this. I'm one person that can make a difference." And I think that's what's so inspiring to me about her and the Zamburu project and how it was born and what it's doing today is that we always feel like, well, what can I do? I'm just one person, you know, and it is, and she is the living example of one person that has, you know, that pebble in the the pond that has created this huge ripple of change and, and good on the, in the world. So um, yeah, I was I... so excited you wanted to do a show today <laughs> no and you know what's funny i just lost everyone in my chat room i don't know what happened um and the gentleman that called in is gone and my chat room just got wiped out oh uh, well i think jose so, brought a really great point to the table um just you know being aware of how we affect the earth and you know how these environmental you know accidents no matter where they happen on the planet um affect us everywhere we're all Mm -hmm. affected by it yeah that 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 was very strange what just happened i want to say to everyone that's listening live if you um do want to listen to this from the beginning you can listen to the show afterwards on red velvet media blog talk radio and on demand on itunes and um I am going to check something here real quick, so hold on one minute here. We'll be right back with more Holly Steffi and Red Velvet Media.
And we're back. I um, am finding out that um, it's unexplainable. I don't know why a lot of people got booted from the chat room. But I do want to say to everyone that did get booted um, to make sure you sign back in. I see some people are coming back. I do see a lot of live listeners, a lot of people that are listening live. I apologize that um, we were sort of disconnected there for a few moments. And um, uh, to my caller that called in, um, I actually wanted to know a little bit about um, what's happening um, it, he's saying in the chat room that Native Americans are a bit ahead of the curve with the purification rules. They do combat the effects of radiation if coupled with exercise. Um, yeah, so um, someone's saying that there's no sound and it's really slow. Um, I don't know what's going on. So I'm just going to say here that we're here. <laughs> maybe, maybe... Um, I mean, I'm hearing it. Are you hear are you hearing me okay, Kristen, Sandy? I can hear you just fine. Yeah, me too. Okay. Um, let's see here. Um, is the sound, I'm just asking, still bad? Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. That was very, very odd. But I do want to say to everyone, you know, this is really important. World Water Day and also the San Brewer Project are two amazing, um, well, World Water Day is going to be here forever, and so is the San Brewer Project, we hope, and um, something that everyone can get involved in. The Walk for Water, again, um, currently um, that's going to come up with the San Brewer Project that I believe, Sandy, you're getting involved in. And I wanted to ask you, Kristen, what else? what other projects are you working on currently right now? You mean beyond the Sembrew project? You, uh huh, yeah. Oh, personally, I'm 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 working on a project um, in the form of a five-year-old son. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> that's that's you see, you're playing mama. He's my big project. <laughs> well, you know what? I would I would give anything to, for that to be still a project for me. My daughter's grown, so um, oh. and she thinks she knows everything. So. Yeah, I think um, having a child as a project is the most beautiful thing you could have in the world. Well, you know, I always an tell everyone the two most important jobs on the planet are yeah. mothers, mothers and teachers. So yeah. I was a um, teacher too at one point, Sandy. Can you believe that? <laughs> so you've like really got it. You're the. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, really, this is my, uh, you know, this is my full time work, and then. You know, next to that, I'm taking care of myself and taking care of my little boy. And uh, that pretty much takes up all my time. <laughs> well, I know Sandy, what she does is she's busy with work and, and baby. her baby is her company and also her baby dogs. Um, I know mm-hmm. that you're very involved with the do- with your animals, too. And I know that you had posted a picture of Animals Need Clean Water, too, and a little bit about that. Are you going to be walking with your dogs this year, Sandy? Yeah, Angel's going to walk with us. Actually, two years ago, um, we had just rescued Angel. And, I remember uh, that. I yeah, remember that. and so she, I mean, we literally had her one day, 24 hours, when she was living with us, and I put a little blanket on her that looked very Zamburu with the little zebra stripes, and um, mm-hmm. we Aww. took her with us because we didn't, you know, we didn't want to leave her at home. She hadn't been with us very long, and, and I feel that, you know, 
I don't know if you ever notice when you're walking your dog down the street, people are always talking to your dog before they'll even introduce themselves to you. <laughs> they'll want to meet your dog. And, you know, people feel very connected to animals, and I think Angel can help. You know, we're help, hoping she'll help us fundraise by those people that want to help animals too. So um, Yeah, dogs need water too. Dogs I need water that. too, and, you know, all animals need water. We all need water, so it's it's not just us humans and uh, so yeah, so that's why she's going to be walking to represent well, I wanna, the animal I wanna, kingdom. <laughs> I think that's so. I think that's so cool that you're getting. Yeah, your and I don't involved. know, um, Holly, if you mentioned Razu dot com. It's www dot Razu R A Z O O dot com, and mm-hmm. if you put in the Zamburu Project, or if you put in Sandy Fox, um, it should pull up our uh, our fundraising um, efforts, and it's really great. There's so many teams and schools that are working this year uh, to raise money. Um, we I've used Razu, I think, for two or three years now, and it's just a great way people can pay with their credit card or PayPal, and they can put in you know any amount. So, and it's a so very popular. Awesome. are always big fundraisers. They always raise. Oh, I know. I know. A lot of and money you know, for the project for their walk. Well, yeah. let's try to yeah. get you some silent auction pro- um, products. I want to say real quick, um, I don't have uh, these shows up yet because I've had a lot of um, other projects that have been coming through, and I want to say next Wednesday, and all the shows will be up by this weekend. Um, next Wednesday, I'm going to have Daniel B. Holman, who is a personal friend and such an inspirational artist, unbelievable art. Um, on my show, I know you know Daniel B. Holman's art, Sandy, and um, it's beautiful. It's absolutely gorgeous. So many beautiful um, images of angels and and and, and visionary uh, mandalas and stuff. Um, I also want to say on Friday the 21st, we're going to be live from New York with the cutting at the cutting room, which is a hot place to be right now in in New York. And then the following week, we're going to be having an interview with um, Carol, who's going to be talking about her um, happy book, which is really cool, which goes along with, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about the song we opened up with. And then on the 28th, we're going to be having um, OWP Candles, Objects with Purpose, um, and the founder of that on. And then the following month is just slammed. So we are going to have some really great things coming up for uh Earth Day, which is next month, and um, uh, Richie Ramone's first tour since uh, um, with the Ramones, and um, you know because I do pretty much anything cutting edge pop culture, also cutting um, breaking news, and uh, things that are very important I think to the world right now, which is World Water Day, and uh, talking about the happy. You were talking about uh, 100 Days Being Happy. What was it, again, with the with the song that we opened up with? Oh, yeah, the Pharrell, uh, Pharrell Williams song, Happy. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess they started a movement, 100 Happy Days. It's hashtag 100 Happy Days. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that song, it does raise oh, my Oh, I love vibration. that song. Yeah, it gives me chills. And, you know, it just it just reminds you to play more music that you love. You know, mm-hmm. so that, that that raises your vibration and do things that raise your vibration. And um, even Dr. Emoto, he talks about vibration a lot. I mean, we're, 
you know, we are studying subtle energy and vibration and everything on our planet is vibrating. And, um, you know, he says to really raise your vibration, you got to drink good water. You got to eat healthy food. You got to think good thoughts and, and, and do good deeds and, you know, speak kindness. And then, um, you know, listen to music that you love that makes you happy. And it can be different music for every person. It's like art, it's very personal. But what is it that raises your vibration? Mm-hmm. And, um, like I said before, when we raise our vibration, we elevate the planet. We not only elevate our personal vibration, but the vibration that we all share in this orchestra of the planet. And that's what I loved um, about your show Wednesday, Holly, Patricia Corey's work and how she talked about the the whales and the dolphins and this song that they – that they sing and how they kind of hold the energy of the oceans for us. Oh, when and, she was uh, talking about the crickets, how they slow well, down the, crickets, the, the sound not, for the uh, crickets. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure about that. Some people say that might be a Snopes or something. On It might be, uh, I don't know. But I do know that the dolphins and the song of the whales, it's a very powerful vibration in our oceans and um, mm-hmm. how important that is. But I wanted to read. I wanted to read a water blessing because it's kind of relative to that. It's something that I wrote years ago, and it's something that I give out on a little card at events and just to, you know, as a little reminder to keep in your wallet. But it says, um, "I am a being of light, sound, water, and earth. I bless my water with the holy presence of the divine Creator and all that is." I give thanks for the health, prosperity, and awakened mind of all beings. I share my love, appreciation, and gratitude for all water on earth. I sing my blessings of love into the waters of my body and the waters of the earth, for we are one. And um, I think that's really important that we are connected, and it is the water that we have in common with everything. Oh, I I agree with you. I want to wish a, a friend really quick, Diane Arkenstone, who's um, a very well-known singer as well. It's her birthday today, so I want to wish her a happy birthday. Um, and I think what a perfect day for us to be talking about World Water Day and about the Samburu Project and that affirmation that you just gave us um, is really cool. And we're going to be ending with a really cool meditation that Sandy and Lex put together, which uh, I think will be great. Um, Kristen, um, when you, I wanted to ask you a really quick question. When you go and you um, take the time and you're on, are you on scene for most of these digs that you guys do, the drillings that you do? I'm not. Uh, usually I go when the drilling was, when the drilling is done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little more calm then. I can get some more, you know, work done, which is really connecting with the community. Um, but I have been there for, you know, a number, a number of well drills. Um, but as I said, Lucas is the one that really is there on the day to day and, and, um, manage that aspect of it while I am here in Santa Monica, you know, working to really develop the organization itself and raise the funds so that we can do the work and, um, you know, keep things flowing, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear I hear you on that. Um that's that's a really fun thing to do. And you know, I think 
you're spending time at home with your family and, and also being so educated in this industry, not meaning industry in in terms of commercialized, but in the in the realm of water and um, your Samburu project and the website again, samburuproject.org, and then the fifth annual Walk for Water. Um, this is also which, the, it's the Samburu project, just to clarify. Uh-huh. The Samburu Project. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, I see that. And um, they are also on Facebook, Twitter. Um, You have live videos you can do. And also, Sandy um, has with H2OM, her company, um, with her and Lex, they do have quite a few different videos out there as well and a a beautiful website um, that really links a lot of the different projects that are going on in the area. Um, and things about that you're doing personally, Sandy. What are you um, working on right now besides um, your walk that you're going to be doing and uh, some of the other things that you're doing? Well, a couple things. Right now I'm in training. Lex and I are in training to be um, uh, meditation teachers. We're on the teacher's mm-hmm. path at the Chopra Center. We're very grateful and excited for the opportunity Um We've both um, felt, you know, that the meditation that they teach there, primordial sound meditation, which is a mantra meditation, and you receive a mantra that is um, the, the song that the universe played at the time you were born. And so you get your own personal mantra. And, and we had such an incredible experience at our own receiving our mantra and, and studying meditation that we felt like we wanted to share it with others. And so we're learning to be uh, meditation teachers through the Chopra. So there's a lot of intense study over the next two months. Um, we uh, do the testing at the end of April, and um, we're just really excited. I, I really want to share this information with um, under privileged youth and kids, and I know Lex and I would like to share it with couples and really just um, encouraging and inspiring others to meditate. Um, I think mm-hmm. it's, a very, it's a very powerful way to know yourself, to get in touch with your, your true, authentic self, and to bring, you know, kind of quiet the noise of the world and bring that soul voice forward just like, you know, Kristen was able to hear the, her call and her mission, when we can really get in tune with um, ourselves, we can, we can do that. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm really excited about the work. So that's pretty much taken up a lot of our time besides voiceover. We're both doing voiceover. I just finished working on the uh, film Maleficent with Angelina mm-hmm. Jolie, and I did a lot of voices for creatures and fairies and the curse, the wind. I can't wait to see her. that movie. That's going to be yeah. amazing. It looks mm-hmm. really incredible, and I'm really grateful that I still, um, you know, get to use my creativity and not my voice in that way. Uh, oh, sure. Lex and I both are. And, um, yeah, so that's keeping us pretty busy. And, as you know, we have a trip coming up in uh, May uh, to uh, with Joan Clark's um, Palais Aromatica, her spiritual journey of the Magdalene, mm-hmm. and we're going to be visiting those sacred sites and holy water sites of Mary Magdalene in France, and we're taking a group of women, and um, just very, very um, grateful to be a part of that journey as well. And I know you have that show in your archive, so people will be able to hear all about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and any show that we've done 
is available on iTunes and also a permanent um, collection in iTunes and also a permanent collection on Red Velvet Media Blog Talk Radio. Um, so that would be great. Yeah, there are some really great shows there, um, and especially the one with Joan that we just recently did, and also with Vish on Love and Yoga. That was a really great show, too. Um, Kristen, I see you have um, some celebrity sponsors that are helping you um, spread the word as well um, on your project. Uh, Jessica Alba, and um, I'm looking at uh, Look to the Stars, which I do get involved in. Yeah, because they are so good at getting the word out there. They um, really are. You know, through uh, the years we've had different kinds of sponsorships, uh and um, we've had celebs wear our T-shirts, like Jessica Alba and Beyonce Uh and Kristen Bell. and um, Yeah, we've had some good support. And um, Queen Latifah, she was at your fundraiser last year or? One of the, yep. the well, face actually, of water. The face of water, yeah, 2011. Yeah, yeah, that was really And Beyonce's involved, that's great. And Haley Hasselhoff and Anna Lynn McCord and uh, Kristen Bell, which is cool, mm-hmm. and Stacey Keebler and Jessica Alba, as you said. Um, I'm looking here, and if anybody wants to get involved, um, you do have a, a little place here where you can go and... Um, get involved. You can actually um, know a little bit more. You can also, um, if anybody wants to get in touch with Kristen, how would they go about doing so? What would be the best way? They can email me at uh, Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N, at thesambruproject.org. You know, they can also, if they go to the website, there's all kinds of contact info there, too. So, um we're pretty, or they can come by the office in Santa Monica on Main Street. <laughs> oh, wow. And also, um, Kristen, we, what, is, what is the tribe? That's something new I hadn't heard about. The well, that's something we've been, you know, we've been, we've been um, working on for a long time, and it's been sort of a slow process. But, you know, part of I feel like our responsibility is really to engage youth in the work that we do um, locally and globally. I think it's important for children to understand um, you know, what's happening in the world, in the world of water, and then um, sort of turn it around and bring it back home and encourage kids to get involved in local water conservation efforts, whether it's in their own homes or in their communities, um, become advocates for water, and then also become advocates for the Semburu Project. So it's sort of a, a local global twist to it. And, um, you know, as I said earlier in the show, you know, one of the schools that we worked with a lot um, that started a tribe program was Miracosta High School in Manhattan Beach. Um, but, you know, I think it's really, really hard for people in general in, in our world, you know, living in the state of California, to understand that we're, you know, in the middle of a severe, severe drought. And, oh, we are. Um, sometimes I think, you know, to be able to show people um, examples of what it might look like um, if you had a life where water was really um, a challenging thing to access, um, it might bring it more back to home for people. And I really so I try to really share the number of people's story um, to get people sort of motivated in their own lives to do and take action uh, around water conservation. And that's part of what Tribe is. That's totally cool. That is really cool. And it's cool. also, you know, another piece of it is too, it's, it's, uh-huh. it's 
You know, I love the idea of connecting communities, um, communities connecting with other communities, and that's yeah. something that I love so much about our Walk for Water, but I feel like Tribe also offers that. It's like, you know, the walk is such a community event, and it's like it's a community coming together to support another community on the other side of the world, and I love that. Um, yeah, I do so. too. Yeah. Sandy, do you want to tell me a little bit about the Watsu Water Dance? Are you involved in that? No, that's a that's a company or a couple up in Northern California that do the Watsu water healing, and I think they call it H2OM. It's in Harbin. Um, I think that's a young couple that do healing with the water therapy. Is that what you're speaking mm-hmm. on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're not connected to something. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're not connected to them, but I do know that they are healers that work in um, Northern California. Yeah, well, that's that's kind of interesting, but I know that your water is water with intention. Um, the water all have different names, and um, it's it's actually really cool. I just posted the website, and um, what's cool about your water is how how I met you was basically at a um, the Wisdom Festival, and I thought that was just very. Very interesting how you and I met, and we've become very close friends since then. And um, I know your story of how H2OM came to be was in 2004 when you guys were honeymooning. Um, you were meditating, and I guess part of it was you were sending intentions out to the plant into the ocean. And I guess Lex had a dream that night. Um, and, and then, no, we, we, well, we were doing that. We were sending the meditation to the ocean, and we were saying, let's just send our love and blessings and peace uh-huh. into the water and have it just go all over the world, have the water take it out into the world for us. It was just a fun idea. And we were singing into the water and love, peace. And we go in, you know, 10 minutes down the road to our breakfast table and at this restaurant, and there was a magazine on the table. And and the cover of the magazine, it said, um, it was an article about Dr. Emoto, and it said, send your blessings into the water, the work of Dr. Masaru Emoto. Now, 2004, his books weren't in the U.S. No one had heard of him, and this sound healer who we later met at a party and had no idea that she was the connection that wrote this article uh, on his work. So that's how we first, we said, wow, we were just doing this. And we came home and we started writing words on our bottles of water or on our glasses. We were just writing and thought that was just so powerful. And then um, about five months later, we saw an early screening in Santa Monica of Wet the Bleep. And there was Dr. Emoto's water crystals again, and that's the night that Lex came. We came home, and Lex woke me up at five in the morning and said, "There's a banner, a lit banner on the wall that says H2O Water with Intention," and it was like Superman credits: love, peace, joy, prosperity, perfect health. Like, and we just thought, you know, we had never intended to bottle water or sell water, you know, any of it, and. We just, you know, started investigating it, and it was like something bigger was working with us. It, it, you know, the fact that we could do that on our own and, it, you know, just with our own resources, something bigger was working with us on the journey and still is, and it's all divine timing. And, you know, our goal is to bring what we have learned in this lifetime about the environment and the impact and of how precious and that water is, 
on so many levels to that water arena. And I and I will say as a company, as a very, very small company, we have inspired and made great changes not only at our water plant towards sustainability, it's what inspired them to and we you know, we really lobbied for them to bring in a hundred percent recycled material to make our bottles from to um our our influence on the big, big corporations as to, you know, sustainability and how to, you know, how important water is. So right now we're a local spring water. We're a California local spring water, and that's why we're working primarily with the Chopra Center and um, just uh, with their projects and, and then also to bring the power of intention, water with intention, to Deepak's work where he trains, you know, thousands of people every year in not only meditation but Ayurveda and um, his Perfect Health program and many other incredible programs if anyone's interested in um, a personal journey of healing. Um, it, you can go to Chopra.com and look up their, their programs. They do, you know, programs every month down there. And they have a big meditation program coming up, too. Yeah, and I think you're going to be involved in part of that, aren't you, developing a project with them right now? Well, we're 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 um, uh, talking about the Chopra Foundation. We've um, signed on to be a part of the Consciousness Project, which mm-hmm. um, it's the tipping point. You know, when we can affect, um, you know, like raise the consciousness of a small, you know, percentage of people on the planet, it's that ripple effect, then that will just ripple out and shift and create a, a greater shift. So um, we're just, you know, we're committed in, as our company and as our personal selves um, to the Consciousness Project and to seeing um, Deepak Chopra really, you know, get that message and his work out into the world to raise consciousness. And he's doing some great things with yoga for underprivileged youth, um, Chopra Yoga and teaching meditation in Harlem and New York. And um, he has centers that are, um, you know, popping up all over the world and has trained, I believe, over 300 meditation teachers on the teacher's path that are all over the world and uh, teaching meditation. So um, So that's awesome. Yeah, very, very exciting. I just read something really cute on your page. It said, anyone who registers for the walk now through March will receive. What are you doing in Samburu, the Samburu Project's signature OPI nail color? Tell me about that. (laughs) Yeah, it's another great partnership that we had um, with OPI. They did a signature nail color for us. Um, last fall, and we're hoping for another signature color this year, too, for our big gala event, which is called the Splash Bash, and happens in the fall. But um, we have some extra nail polish, and I was like, oh, how can I incentivize people to register? <laughs> it's That's pretty, awesome. too. It's a really pretty nail color. Polish. Green. It's yeah. like it's a turquoise. Polish. It's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a beautiful it? blue. Blue. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, bring, and talking about blue, I noticed you did um, some things with Blue Planet Network. What is that about? Um, Blue Planet Network is an amazing, amazing, amazing foundation um, that supports um, water organizations all over the world. And mm-hmm. one of the ways they do that is they have a platform. Um, they had a, Their old platform was called um, Pure Water Exchange, and they've actually just launched this month a new platform 
called BPN 2.0, and it's a place that you know all the members of Blue Planet Network can put their projects up online so that funders and supporters can see the work that we're doing. So if you go to uh, Blue Planet Network, you can actually see all of the Sunbrew Project's wells. You can see pictures of them. You can see stories about them. And we um, you know, work to sort of populate that so that it's a way to like tell our story that's out in the world. Um, anyway, it's a fantastic organization, and you know I think they support about ninety you know organizations um, on the platform. There's ninety members, and um, they give grants. Um, and the way they do that is really in a different way. They, they you go through a peer review process, so the people that are reviewing your project are other water organizations that understand the work. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, and they're based up in San Francisco. Oh wow! Okay, and I think well, they I'll do a blue water. They do a blue planet run every year. Yeah, initially the organization that. was called and blue a film festival. Run. Yeah, 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 really, but really. Don't, I don't think they do the run anymore. Oh, they might not. Yeah. Yeah, but, but um, uh, the guy, one of the guy, the guy that started the organization is a big like you know and did like you know long run, you know what are those long runs are called. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, and they have they also have had people um other athletes support them who do like, you know, sailing across the, you know, Atlantic Ocean and you know, they've had a lot of people that that support that do those kinds of like extreme athletic kind of things. Oh, wow. So, but it's a really it's a fantastic organization. That's pretty cool. And I'm happy that's... that we are a part of it. Yeah, well, so um, I have what... I hate to do this oh, ladies, but I have to leave because I've got um, I've got some other business to attend to. As much as yeah, I'd love we're to going, talk to we you all gonna, day, we were going to wrap up with a with a um, meditation. Um, and I'm also looking on your site at the nail polish now, and also the really cool T-shirts you have that are really neat. And also um, make sure to check out H2OM's site too, because you've got some really great water um, bottles there for water that are really nice. Oh, our um, eco-restillables, yeah. Absolutely. Love, peace, and joy, yeah. Yeah, Kristen, I want to thank you for being here. Do you want to, um, you have to run, so um, I'm not going to play, you won't hear the meditation, but if you want to listen to the show afterwards, you can listen to it, and I want to be able to get in touch with you. So I'll have Sandy send me your phone number that I can get in touch with you about donations for your silent auction. That would be great. Yes, and you should come out and do the walk. That would be fun. It'd be really fun. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Come on out. It's a beautiful and day. And join the doggies. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I would love that. Thank you so okay. much for being so, here again today. Thank with you me. for having um, me. I really appreciate it. This has been wonderful. Oh, no, absolutely. I loved having you here, and it was really great to hear about all the different things you're doing for the world. So thank you so much, and be blessed, and have a wonderful day, and I'll be in touch with you. Thank you. Bye. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sandy. You're welcome. See you soon. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. So, Sandy, that was really neat. Um, yeah. That, she's a really neat woman. And what I know a that we're, story, right? I mean, what yeah. a story. Yeah. Absolutely. So inspiring. It's like so listen inspiring. to your dreams, you know. That's it's yeah. another that's another listening to your dreams thing, so I think it's really important. I got another message in the chat room saying that sweat lodges are the key right now for um, helping our body with uh, toxic uh, things that are happening in the world, too. Sweat lodges are very cool. You have to be able to do that, though. Um, I've gone to a few, 
and um, I've gone to a couple on the beach, and they were very interesting. But um, I had to, I basically had to leave because it was just too much for me. It was a little too, little too hot. <laughs> I had a wonderful um, uh, first sweat lodge experience up with the Mananachi tribe up in um, Kern Valley, and it Hello? was. It was beautiful, and I, I was really worried um, about passing out and all of yeah. that. But, you know, it was a it was a very sacred. If someone had to walk you into that ceremony. You couldn't just anybody couldn't just come. And mm-hmm. I was very honored to be there. And where it sat at the top of this mountain, um, along this river. Um, I remember when they told me that if you get really hot, I want you to lay as close to the earth as possible. So I laid my body on the earth, and it's a place where they had dug for gold in the past. And when I Mm -hmm. came out of the sweat lodge, I had gold dust on me. You and did I not. Thought, yes, I did. Yeah, and I was listening really? and I yeah, it was pretty cool and I felt like it was such a magical experience and it was a very powerful experience and although I don't get to do have the opportunity to do sweat lodge very often, there is like a local sauna, there's like a Finnish sauna here in Burbank and I will just go there and it's a fire sauna and I will do the prayers in my head and I'll just release, you know, any toxins that no longer serve my body. And I kind of use it as a sacred space, you know, go in there and just meditate. Um, So you can still do it. You know, it's like the effect of sweating and really sweating out those toxins from, from, um, you know, some kind of like hot sauna or. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I've, that's I've, true. I've, I mean, it is I've the best it. way to detox your body. It, it is the best way. You have to replenish with good mineral water afterwards and juices and things, but it is one of the best ways to detox their yeah, your body. Yeah, I've done, I've done a couple, and um, it was definitely afterwards the water. And what was really cool about the one that I did was it was on the beach. So afterwards we all kind of ran into the ocean, and it was a really – warm summer evening so it was really cool and uh it was it was um conducted by a elder so it was really interesting um because there were a lot of there was a lot of chanting and a lot of uh, other things going on there was no peyote guys but it was it was really yeah, good. it's like it you was, know, all those myths that people think they. I mean, when yeah. we went into the lodge, there was already uh-huh. like the visionaries, and they had been in there for almost like two days, in and out for two mm-hmm. days, or, and so they were gathering information for for mm-hmm. the tribe, and then it was an elder that you know um, brought us into the uh, circle and we did rounds of prayers and I love what they do it's again that personal and global connection like they'll do the first round for the world you know for the planet and and then they'll do the second round for you know like your country then your community you know where Mm -hmm. you live and then your personal circle of friends and family and then all the way down to your personal self so that spiral and then it goes back out again, and um, it's that spiral of of connection, you know, that we are we are not alone, and we are deeply interconnected to everyone and everything on our planet. So that's awesome. Well, you know, we're going to end with a water meditation today, 
And uh, I want to thank you so much for being here today. And you're always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure having you on here. I love having you on. And I want to thank you and Lex for being in my life and helping me so much with so many different things throughout the years with with different projects and everything. And thank you for all the education today for people that want to know more about World Water Day. And if you want to get in touch with Sandy, what would be the best way? Because we're running out of time here. I want to be able to play this meditation in its entirety. Oh, okay. They can always write me at sandy at sandyfox.com. That's probably the easiest to remember. And um, also, if they want to do the meditation on a daily basis, they can go to loveplanetfoundation.org, and you can click on the meditation every single day if you want and do the four-minute meditation. So oh, thank cool. you, Holly. You are oh, a no, blessing. No, no. Thank you. Are and you uh, thank you for sharing all these wonderful voices and projects and, uh, you know, missions and messages with the world through your work. So thank you from oh, my heart to thank yours. thank you. Okay. No, it's it's always it's always a pleasure. And so with that we're going to end the show today and then we're going to play the meditation which again you can listen to at the loveplanet.org and loveplanetfoundation.org. Okay, okay yeah. loveplanet foundation, sorry. loveplanetfoundation.org and um Sandy, I want to thank you for all the great work that you do for everybody. And with that, we're going to end the show and um be 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 at peace guys. Uh, don't drink and drive. It's the weekend. Uh, make sure you celebrate in a healthy way. And uh, with that, we're going to um, go to the end here, and we're going to play the meditation. Thank you. You've been listening to Red Velvet Media with Holly Steffi. Thanks for listening, and tune in again next time.
Let's conclude.